You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back after a long hiatus to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin. I am here with Dan and Jace in. Hey, guys. What? What? We're back. What? I know. I know. I'm pinching myself. Ouch. I pinched myself. Hey, Ouch. I have been sitting here this whole time. <laughs> so, okay. So, look. No so mea culpas. We're just you know, plow through, dude. No, no. We're Don't going apologize. to. We, we have to say because uh, when when Jason's out of town or Dan's out of town, you know, we've, we've, we can make it work. Uh, unfortunately, the last couple of weeks um, have been stress fest for me. Um, had a lot of stuff going on with church stuff and work stuff. And we'll just uh, call just it real life it stuff. Just real life. Oh, dude, real it life, was a lot of real life stuff. It was a lot of real life stuff. Yeah. So I actually took the day off of work today because I'm like I'm not ready to go back to work. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's been like a crazy two weeks, and my wife and I we went and saw two movies today. Oh, good for you. you nice. Know? Yeah, because we're just like we're just gonna go. Did you go to the Alamo today. Draft House and get a lunch for, while you're doing it? For one of the movies, yes. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Good what for you. Yeah, we saw, we saw uh, Cruella, oh. Um, oh. which uh, was sort of a bit of a surprise for me. I was not oh. that interested in that movie, but my wife really wanted to see it. And so um, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, It was interesting. It was a, a definitely alternate timeline from the Disney 101 Dalmatians. This was yeah. not... Don't don't think it's a prequel. Uh, it's an origin story for sure, but in an in in a uh, Marvel universe <laughs> version of 101 and Dalmatians. Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and then the other movie we went and saw was uh, Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we so, can't talk about. That's for another day. Yeah, yeah. That's not. I don't want to talk about. Stop. Stop. Okay. Stop. Oh wait, have you not seen it? No. Hard okay. stop. All right. All right, fair enough. All right, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> it it does maybe maybe a little bit more time. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say this, Dan. I'm gonna say this. You saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Uh huh. Stay for the post credits. Okay, and I'm I'm yep. I'm deep into Loki. Yeah. I'm watching everything. I'm just not super. I'm not I'm not hip to the. Getting to the theater or buying <laughs> premium Disney right now. Right. I gotcha. Well, I gotcha. and I'll tell you this. I've I've heard that Black Widow was a good movie, but maybe not worth premium theater ticket prices. I think oh. Black Widow was a great movie three years ago. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Do you know I, what I mean? Like I, it's, it's, I didn't it's see too, it. I haven't it's, seen it it's, yet. Well, it's, I just, I mean, you're talking about a movie for a lady who we know has already died. Dude, here's, yeah. right, here's the thing, man. I, I've said this before to so many people. Like They're like, hey, do you like watching Marvel movies? It's like, you know what? Endgame was a good stepping off point for me. Yeah. It it just it was like all right, we sealed this long legacy of like 15 years films. of movies or yeah. yeah, 22 years of films. It was a good cutoff. I'm good. I'm ready to do something else. Yeah. Yep. And I've kind of lost the motivation to see like Marvel movies since then. I think there's going to be a lot of people that feel that same way. They're going to have to suck people in with some good good Marvel movies coming up because I think there's a lot of people um and and my wife my wife just said today she's like, you know, like I can't keep all the Marvel stuff and storylines and all this stuff straight. And then you're throwing in timelines now and alternate stuff, you know, cause like we're watching Loki as well. Yeah. She's like, you're throwing in all this alternate stuff. And she's like, I just can't even keep it straight. And I said, well, that, that was supposed to be what 
um, Endgame was for was to tie up all of these crazy stories that happened over yeah. these 22 movies and a couple of series and just put a nice bow on it and say, okay, that chapter is done. And now we're moving on to the next chapter. And I need more. I need more Marvel. Yeah. I need more. Yeah. So I think there's some that are in Dan's camp, which just can't get enough. And then there's yeah. some in Jason's camp, which is like, eh, maybe yeah, we'll was, see. I mean, we'll see. it's it's just un unprecedented to have so many films be linked together no it's just unprecedented so yeah um do you just keep pouring more gasoline on the fire the pyromaniac in me says well yeah um (laughs) the rest of everybody else is like a little hot i'm gonna stand back now i'm gonna go uh get some cooler air yeah yeah definitely all right geek week let's get into geek week yeah okay why don't you kick us off all right. Well, I man, I've had so many Geek Week things. I'm, I'm, I'm. There's stuff on my Geek Week floor. I've been nice. so geeky. But um, hey, uh, thanks to Discord and uh, the Stock thing. The what do they call this channel? The Stock Informer US. I was able to put my hands on an Xbox Series X, and I got it through uh, Best Buy because f of all of the times I've clicked on those links through the um, the Stock Informer. Mm-hmm. I've only gotten close with Best Buy, and and um, I called my wife, and she was at an amusement park. I'm like, can I buy an Xbox? She's like, really? You're an adult. I'm like, I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so I wanted to it. say, I heard this story from your wife before I heard this. Yeah, because we're, I we're heard the, her story, her version. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and, and she, it was kind of hilarious to hear both versions kind of now. her making fun of me and that's yeah okay. well she was like i'm on a log ride stop texting me <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 there well see that's the thing is that i think your timing was of, perfect they exactly they pull right. it out of your cart unless you buy it they're like we're gonna let you have this in your cart for five minutes and then if you don't buy it it say goodbye yeah so I got it. My son and I went to the store, picked it up. We were just over the moon. Games Ultimate Games Pass is totally where it's at. I'm a big fan. They they had me at hello. I'm downloading as much as I want. My kids are all over it. It's just been a serious fun thing, and I'm glad I I'm glad I waited until I could get my hands on a Series X, and that's kind of what I wanted. Dude, that Ultimate Game Pass is is no joke. Like there are some great stuff on there. I just need to figure out a headset or something for my remote so we can play games so i can join you guys playing games i've been left out for years now because i didn't have the last generation so i want to dude all you need is just one that can plug into like a phone or something just a regular three prong yeah Yeah. i got got plenty of crap around my house to do that uh next on geek week i am done with the game table i'm done it is done i've added seven writing desk leaves to seven of the eight sides i've left one side kind of undone because i don't think i'll ever do it that's like the gm seat it has all the buttons to control the lights and a few Mm -hmm. other little things in there and these little um writing tables have a little fin on them to keep them um pressed against the side of the main table to bear the weight and they come off like a breeze of air but they click into place and bear your weight um, and uh, got to tr- uh, road test them with some uh, with one of my gaming groups uh, just on Friday. And I was working towards that deadline of that game session. And so I made a lot of choices. When you're in a hurry, you make choices that you, you wouldn't make if you were 
taking a long period of time on a project. And some of them, I think, uh, kind of hurt the workmanship, the craftsmanship just a little and have added to the character because character means lack of craftsmanship. That's what that means. So, but that's okay because it's just a game table. It's for games. It's for D and D. It's not a piano. It's not a piano. It's not a piano. But right. it's it's functional. It's smooth to the touch. Uh, the the pieces that I made the leaves out of were reclaimed wood that I had in the wood pile. So they are they have lots of character, lots of character. But they're smooth and and they make good writing desks. Um, even though there's some finishing things. If I was gonna get into a time machine, I'd tap myself on the shoulder and do one or two different things. But they all have a cup holder, or you can put dice or chips or whatever you want in your in the little holder, and they're smooth with the cubby, so you can set something inside half inside the cuff cubby, half half on the writing desk, and um, and they were a big hit with my gaming my other gaming group last Friday. Flush so. with the cubby, nice. This so. Do they use the same uh, latching mechanism that your yes. original cup holders did? Uh-huh. I bought way uh, too many of those latches. Great. I only have two left. I bought a huge bulk amount of them on Amazon. I was like, oh, I'll have these kicking under my feet forever. And I'm glad I did my math because I have eight different cup holders and now seven different leaves. And I have two more locking mechanisms left. If I wanted to build a leaf out for the GM and do something really special, I, I, I have two available. Okay, so uh, project complete. Mm-hmm. What do you think was the total dollar? And not including your hours, just materials. Um, labor, uh, uh, sorry, not labor, uh, wood. You're probably, because I bought some pre-glued up boards, which I would never do again. I'd learned the art of making your own panels. That would have saved me money, and that w- I would have... So there's $160 in glued up panels and probably another 150 bucks in wood. Um, what else? Uh, finishing and stuff is not as expensive as you think. I probably put about 50 bucks in lacquer. Um, one can of uh, the stain stuff that I was using, a large quart can lasted the whole entire project, even until last Thursday, Friday. Um, that, that, so that's only like 10 or 20 bucks. The LED lights, 15 bucks. The plastic that I use, the Plex, I ordered the wrong, uh, plexiglass. I should have spent more on it. I spent about 40 bucks. I should have spent about 80 bucks on the plexiglass cause it's too darn thin. But I was like, Hey, this is what I got. I'm just going to plow through. I don't want to return it to Home Depot or whatever. So I'm probably, oh yeah, the leather, the leather was a couple hundred bucks in there. So I'm probably around six, $700, but then I have like Italian leather and, and, and horse leather and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's all these different unnecessary things that you would need if you're going to build your own game table. I mean, you could, there's way other, there's, there's so many different options that are more cost effective and actually easier to work with than the ones that I chose. So, right. um, so if you took the Italian leather and out of it, then you're probably uh, all of your leather choices. Uh, you could knock maybe a couple hundred bucks off or something. Mm, 150. 100, 150. I, I spent 150 on leather. Yeah. On leather. Um, but gotcha. I didn't. I didn't buy enough, and some of my. I should have spent twice that amount on leather, and I would have had better leather. Um, I have some patching <laughs> issue. I, it would have looked nicer had I spent double. So yeah, if you cut the leather out, right? If or or go all in, like ordered, figure out how much you need and buy twice that much, and that's what I learned the hard way. And I was like, 
I get to, I want to finish a project and I don't want to like order more and wait and wait and drag projects drag on enough when you're working hard on them, you know, otherwise projects never finish. You got to finish, 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 finish. So, um, yeah, I, I could have made some other choices, you know, and, and not cut as many corners everywhere where I cut corners. I have regrets. That's another thing. Whether on time and on materials, everywhere where I cut corners, I'll say, look, I cut a corner there, but who cares? It's just a D and D table. And the teenage kids that my, my daughter had teenage kids over last week, they were, they were just absolutely, their minds were blown. One kid's like, can you make this for my family? And we want one. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) (laughs) never going to happen. I'm not even going to entertain it. Not even, not, not even going to think about it. Not for five seconds. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, it's just a fun thing. It, it's been a fun project. I guess I started it uh, almost. I was I moved into this house one year ago when I started drawing on graph paper, and now here it is in reality. So, um, put a lot of time in it. It's good. I learned a lot of skills too. So if I ever go but build real build real furniture, uh, it'll look way nicer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, and my my gamer buddies from my other group bought me a, a glass refrigerator. You know those soda fridges that hold 130 cans that have a glass front. They bought yeah. that mm-hmm. as a housewarming present, and uh, and uh, that she they didn't check with the boss of the house before they did that. So <laughs> uh-huh. we had to do a little bit of maneuvering things around. So I'm set up. I've hung new things on the walls that are gamer-oriented. I need to have more games in this room where I'm sitting right now. More games, more games, more games. Call us over. Yeah, it's just a calendar we'll problem. Just a calendar. Yeah, so. Uh, one other the next time your wife's out riding a log in an amusement park. Yeah, exactly. That's when you ask to buy an Xbox. Uh, just real quick, a new podcast, which is fantastic. It got plugged to me on the Colbert Show. Uh, the Friendship Onion with Dominic uh, Moynihan and Billy Boyd, the guys who played um, uh, Merry and Pippin from Lord of the Rings. They talk oh, a nice. lot about Lord of the Rings. They, you know, brought on Elijah Wood, and they're only about eight or ten episodes in, and they're a ton of fun, and uh, and they're they're funny and interesting, and it's geeky because they do. There's there's no episode where they don't talk about a bunch of Lord of the Rings stuff. So. Nice. check it out friendship onion it's 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 good we usually don't plug other podcasts especially podcasts that are for profit and they're making money off that show but i don't <laughs> care it's still worth it it's still good all right that's awesome. my geek week i'll shut up now awesome jason how was your geek week uh i had so much stuff happen since we last recorded that i started forgetting about stuff that i'd done but uh <laughs> I will say uh, the two things that were most recent in my mind is, you know, I talked to a couple podcasts ago about buying the Midway Legacy arcade cabinet, and uh, it has very quickly become a popular thing in my in my house with my kids. But interestingly, I bought it for the Mortal Kombat 2, and um, the game we play the most on there is uh, Tapper. Ah! So it is <laughs> nice. it, That game is running all the time in my house and you know what's crazy about it is it is the high score uh fever man it really is, yeah i mean tapper. my son and i were neck and neck on high on the high score you know yeah the tapper the one where the you yeah. know you're sliding the the beer across the yep. of course it's a family friendly version so it's like root beer it's right root beer, versus yeah. the original which was budweiser but uh <laughs> yeah but uh but i mean at one point you know my son um 
had beat me and then I surpassed him and I surpassed him by like 20,000 points. So he had like six, he had like 50,000 or something when we were first figuring the game out. And I got to 78. And I was like, 78, 78, Aiden, beat that. Uh, so a couple of days go by and I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this secured. And then I'm at work and I get a text from my son. Like in the, I'm in an important meeting. I get a text from my son and I pull my phone up and look at it. And my face drops and everyone around me is like, Everything okay? Did you get some bad news? It's like, yeah, my son beat my high score on Tapper. <laughs> we got up to 95. I was like, 95? So then the next the next day at our night at dinner, we're talking. I'm like, so 95, I'm going to beat 95. He's like, actually, it's 125 now. I'm like, what? So wow. I got, now I got to try. I, I, he's still holding it. I can't beat it right now. But uh, it's like even my six-year-old gets on. He's like, what do you want to play? I want to play Tapper. So like, it's just this – it's turned into this really cool family time. I had, a, I had a great time playing that with you that night. I stopped by. Yeah, it's you fun. stopped by and we played it. It's good fun. It, it's it's really fun to play these games that, you know, at some point were in the coin-op. Uh, now we play them and like, oh, this is kind of cool, but it takes me back to the Atari to think that these things actually had their own dedicated cabinets Yeah. at one point. You know, yeah. it's kind of cool. But um, anyways, my wife said, well, you know what I'd really like? I'd really like a pinball machine. I was like, okay, cool. You know what you're asking for, right? Yeah, pinball. It's fun. Okay. So then I pull it up and says, all right, so for a pinball machine, we're looking at somewhere between three to $7,000 for one machine. And she's like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah not so much. Never mind. And the there maintenance. Are, the maintenance. Yeah. Hey, now, there, is virtual, there are virtual pinball machines, yeah. but the good, you know, the good like 1080p, 60 hertz pinball machines are you know you're still on the order of like eight to twelve hundred dollars for those virtual ones but you can put as many tables as you want on it so if you're big mm. into pinball which i actually i i i get uh, my hook on pinball comes and goes with like pinball fx you know right on the xbox uh like i'll get into pinball and all of a sudden i find for like two weeks straight i'm just like eyes bleeding pain playing pinball trying to beat my high scores <laughs> and unlock all of the you know mini games and the tables and stuff and then I won't yeah. play for like eight months. But anyways, when so that the, was w- one of the great things in Las Vegas is the Pinball Hall of Fame. They have like the largest ah, yeah. collection of pinball. Have you ever oh, done really? that? They have a new building and with a really high ceiling and great air conditioning. So I'll shut up now. But it's super fun. And you're a quarter. The high ceiling is right a definite must. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so there's a uh, in um, in Myrtle Beach. There's a pinball uh, museum as well that has uh, like uh, it's probably got like. 40 some pinball machines it's one of those where you know you pay for an hour and you go and you just play all the pinball you want for like an hour those are great those are a lot of fun pinball is a surprisingly fun thing to play at first you think ah pinball eh, okay whatever but then you play it and even my wife like when she'll play the digital one she'll get into it it's pretty interesting how how addicting it can be but uh, yeah this one in vegas is this easily the size of a large grocery store Mm. Nice. And, Interesting. Um, That's yeah. huge. And it's all 25 cent based or no. I mean, some of them are two or three or, you know, two or three coins uh, uh, or four coins per uh, per go. Um, but, yeah, it's it's got everything from the 19, you know, 30s all the way up till recent stuff. That's crazy. You know, it's like the 70s, 80s and 90s is when pinball was like really like, you know, getting big or like, well, was really in its heyday. And then yeah. kind of arcade games and like home consoles started coming out in the 90s and it kind of hurt pinball. And it got to the point to where, you know, people were giving pinball machines away 
Yeah. Uh, you know, they were just like, get this thing out of here. It's not making me any money. It's just taking up space, right? But now, like, they're, they're you know, they only made like 15000 of that one cabinet. And so now they're, they're selling for like six to $12,000 for original cabinets. So yeah. there are a few companies out there that make current pinball, like brand new pinball, mechanica- mechanicalized. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Mechanicalized? Yeah. Yeah. Mechanized. Pinball. Mechanized. I like mechanicalized better. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, all right. It's English. We can make up words. They'll get in yeah, there sure. eventually. Um, but they're still on the order of like $6,000, right? I mean, yeah. it's like a 1,000 different moving parts, right? Anyways, uh, put that to bed. So that was that was one. The other thing is I watched a movie called The Platform on Netflix. Um, and I recommend this movie. It's a um, – it's uh, 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 the cast is from Spain, so it's in Spanish but dubbed in, in – uh, or sorry, subtitled in English. It's a very interesting movie. So it's a dystopian kind of thing where it takes place in a a prison. But the prison, it's very interesting. It's a vertical prison. Each cell of the prison is a single floor that has two beds in it with two occupants. And there's a hole in the middle. So you can kind of walk to the middle of your cell and you can look up and you can look down. And you can't really see how many levels there are because there are just so many levels. So you look down, you can see the people directly below. You could yell at the people below. You could yell at the people above. But, you know, that's probably about it. You couldn't get to another one. And then every day, a platform moves from cell to cell down the layers. And that platform is what has the food on it. So on level zero, all of these chefs make this giant platform. And it's probably like a, it's probably like a 12-foot by... Or it's probably like an eight foot by eight foot platform, and they just stuff it with like you know decadent food, and then it goes down to level one, and then the people on level one eat, and then it goes down to level two, and the people on level two eat whatever is left over from the people on level oh. one, and it just continues to go down until, of course, you get to like the hundreds, and there's like scraps, yeah. and so and so you can imagine what happens at the lower levels, right? Where because what happens is uh, this is where it gets even more interesting because if it was just like that eventually the people on the lower levels would just die and it wouldn't Starvation. matter anymore yeah. but what happens is every 30 days they gas the entire prison and they they move people around to different floors so huh. one month you may be on floor 2 and living it up the next month you and your same companion wake up on level uh, 180 yeah. And you got to survive for that month in however way you can. So it's it's one of those movies that like the setting doesn't really change cuz you're looking at the same prison walls, you know? Yeah. It just maybe at a different level, but like it's about the dynamics of people like who can keep it together, who can't as you follow this one guy for like 5 months as he moves to different levels and tries to interact yeah, with the people around him. Very interesting movie. Uh it's a gory movie. Okay. Um, it gets, I'm it gets the pretty intense. Right now. I it gets I'm, pretty intense. I am not watching this film. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it. I would say, I don't think it was, I wouldn't say it's a horror movie, but um, it's kind of a thriller slash. um, It's a violent, dark movie. Violent, dark, dark thriller. I'm reading right off Netflix. That's what Netflix is calling it. It's a dystopian (laughs) movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, It's my kind of movie, though, right? Uh, It's, 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 I mean, clearly it's sending a message about, you know, people at the top of the food chain that are over-consuming, which has an effect on the people below. Uh, Um, But, um, but it's a good ride. So highly recommend it. If you got, you know, I think it's like an hour and 40 minutes. If you got like an hour and 40 to chill one night 
or to to get rid of. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have nightmares just from the trailer. It's <laughs> from the trailer, yeah. Uh, cool. All right. So uh, that was my Geek Week. Justin, over to you. Right on. So as I mentioned kind of early on, my last couple of weeks have just been filled with uh, not fun gaming stuff. So that kind of sucks. But I did manage to squeeze in a couple of things. One, um, I did some painting um, when I could fit it in. And uh, I was painting the contents of the Curse City box. I think I mentioned to you guys in a previous episode that uh, I did open my box and verify that I had all of the parts that I needed. So I started, um, I, I assembled them all and I started painting them. I started with the zombies and I followed Vince Venturella's um, speed painting uh, tutorial for the zombies in particular. And listen, the skin is mostly just washes, right? Like I um, Zenithal primed it. And then I just did a quick dry brush with like an ivory, you know, maybe a little bit more brown um, than than white ivory tone. So it would pick out some of the highlights and then just put a bunch of different washes over it. And dude, the flesh looks amazing. Like it looks like really rotted, dead flesh. And it was super fast washes. So it was pretty cool technique. And um uh, you know, there was a bunch of other details that I pick out on it. So I would say the 10 zombies altogether probably took me um, maybe like three, four hours to do all 10 zombies, which is pretty fast. Um, You're getting for... good and quick because I'm looking at the quality that you posted here. One of those would take me three weeks just to get it that good. Yeah. So if I just did one of them, I could have had it done in about 20 minutes, I think. 30 minutes, maybe. So, yeah. So, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, So, you know, I'm moving on to some of the heroes and some of the other things. So, I'm hoping to have this done before GuildCon happens, which is in, you know, what, three weeks away from now? Four weeks. Four weeks about-ish. You know, three weeks, I guess, from Wednesday. So, um, yeah. I'm getting, getting pretty close. I did assemble some more terrain for Warcry that I have. So now I have the mausoleum, um, like all the graveyard set, basically um, all put together. So that's kind of nice. Um, and I'll probably prime that and see about like that. That's the nice thing about that set is that's a set that you can just do a bunch of uh, airbrush work on it and call it a day. You know, airbrushing and dry brush and uh-huh. super fast. So um, that'll that'll be nice. And uh, I did pick up. Uh, models for a Sylvaneth Warband, Warcry Warband. So I've got some tree people I need to assemble and paint eventually. So uh, do you, you know Derek in our uh, Warhammer group, right? Yeah. Do you know him, Jason? Yeah, yeah so yeah. he was selling the Loon Curse box, which had half a box of squigs, like the, the Gloom Spike gets, and then half a box to Sylvaneth. And the half of the box of Sylvaneth is a perfect warband. Um, and so I decided to pick that up and sold the other half to another guy. And so I got it for cheaper than I would have with the Warcry box, which was nice. And cool. uh, yeah. So yeah, got that going. Um, one thing that I've I've kind of been geeking out on um, that isn't really gaming related, um, but I've definitely been geeking out on is um, Quentin Tarantino movies. 
And I know that sounds kind of like, what the heck? Like, why? You know, but um, there's a lot of fans who are way into those. Oh, so so he is really good at the art of the film. You know what I mean? Like the way that he he shoots his scenes like the the um, he he takes a ton of cues off of like the old movies, you know, and there'll be scenes and certain things that are callbacks to previous movies. So he really is a cinephile. Like he, he's a lover of old movies. He's a lover of the old, um, the old kind of direction and the way that they would frame things and shoot things. And, um, so, so a lot of times, you know, like in my YouTube feed, it pops up random things. And once you go down a rabbit hole, hole it keeps feeding you mm-hmm. those types of things. And so I clicked on one thing, which was like a breakdown of so, some scenes of Glor- Inglorious Bastards, which was the World War II um, one with Brad yep. Pitt. That's my favorite of all of his movies. Oh, it, it's, a gr- it's such a good movie. It really is. And um, Christoph, um, what's his name? Walken? No, that's Christopher Walken. I want to say it's Peterson, uh, but I could be wrong. No, it's Christoph. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. He was a bad guy in James Bond, right? He was um, in also in Django Unchained, but um, I'm gonna I I I don't know why I'm like blanking on it. But anyway, he is such a great bad guy in that movie because he is so calm and charismatic. Like, you kind of want to like the guy, but he is, like, pure evil, you know? And and um, it's just really good. But anyway, I saw a couple of those movie breakdown things, and I've been watching some of the films, and I'm like... Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Thank you. So good. He won a, he won a um, Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role in uh, Inglorious Bastards, because yeah, he, he was that it. good. He earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was awesome in Django Unchained as well. Uh, but uh, I watched the kill the two Kill Bill movies, and I like the first one better than the second one. Um, the first one is such an homage to a western that like, I, and I'm like, this is why I love this movie because I I love western movies, you know. And I'm like, I just this is why I love this movie. And the second one is such an homage to the Kung Fu, old Kung Fu movies from the seventies, you know? So, um, I, I love both of them. They're great. I love the story. Like it can get pretty gruesome. Um, but you know, it's a fun ride too. Well, it's like a, you, it's a really you've fun got ride. David Carradine from, you know, old West from the show Kung Fu. Yep. You know? I mean, yep. He, he comes with that whole vibe. Yep. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So, you know, I My just wife like actually the, likes those movies. Does she? The yeah. Quentin Tarantino ones or Kill yeah. Bill? The Kill Bill, the Kill Bill Volume One and Volume Two. I yeah, regularly I, hear rumors that they're thinking of doing a third. I don't know how because Why? Bill, leave Bill, it alone. I'm just I mean, telling you that's what leave I Leave it alone. Like, I, don't tell me I'm not quitting Tarantino. <laughs> I, know, I know. He needs a I paycheck. Just, His Star Trek to, movie is not getting people. picked up. I just don't understand how because it's like they killed Bill in the second one. I mean, spoiler alert, but you know, she did the heron like the yeah, five point the heart, finger. Uh, heart, heart, uh, heart explodes heart after five yeah. steps or something. Yep. <laughs> you know what's Put funny is you see that in so much pop culture too. Oh yeah. Like somebody will do something and they'll walk five steps and their heart will explode. 
I saw that in a gumball episode. Amazing nice. World of Gumball cartoon. <laughs> nice. Well, I, you know, what's funny, too, is, like, we were watching Mitchells vs. Machines. Have you seen that on on Netflix? Um, I've seen per- it on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, you same. should watch it with your family. It's really hilarious, actually. Uh, it's very funny movie. Uh, okay. Pretty pretty good. Uh, I was very I was very surprised by that movie. I was not expecting much, but I I was gut laughing in many parts of it. So you should you should watch it. But there's a great scene where the mom goes psycho and it does the whole Kill Bill like wee wee wee, you know, <laughs> and she just goes nuts and it's hilarious because like if you know Kill Bill, then you're just like this is really funny. This is really funny. So. Um, Anyway, so yeah, just been just been kind of like catching up again with some of the Quentin Tarantino movies, and you know he's had some that are amazingly awesome, and he's had some that are kind of duds. But overall, like I appreciate his love of of film and kind of what he puts into it. And if you if you kind of follow that, like if you watch some of the, the analysis on the movies and then go back and watch it, you're like, this is really cool what he did. Like this is really neat. You know, and it makes you appreciate the movie that much more. So, anyway, that, that yeah, that's kind of my geek week. It was short and simple. So yeah, Very cool. All right, news, we got some news, news I think, right? All we are saying is give news a chance. Now I owe Yoko Ono like a thousand bucks. Great. Sorry. You'll have to edit that out. <laughs> Well, actually, we'll claim it under our free free use rights, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For less than ten seconds. Yeah. Less than ten seconds, right? Well, yeah. we're not, and, and we're not a for profit podcast, so you know. There you go. When, What's when the ten second thing? You uh, fair fair uses. You can use anything for less than ten seconds, or for ten seconds or less, without having to uh, pay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that what it is? Hmm. Uh, let's look that, that up. Is that so that the uh, so that all these people who are using uh, TikTok can put their TikTok videos up there? Yeah, and they'll just do use courtesy of right. Like you'll watch like uh, Entertainment Tonight or something like that, and they'll have all these clips from the movies. They didn't go to each individual director and say, "Can we get can we get nine seconds of uh. this film?" They just they just cut it all together and then credit. Like I just credited the estate of uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Um, well, it's she owns the John Lennon estate, so there you go. We credited them. We went down a rat hole for the news. Let's get into the news. All right, let's do it. All let's right. Go. Now, there's a long gap between when I announce the news and when the podcast actually posts news. So That's I really, true. I really. <laughs> This will be the only thing I've ever talked about that'll still be timely by the time Justin <laughs> actually posts the video. So the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game playtest rules, not the full rules, the playtest rules are available for pre-order now for a March 29th, 2022 release. So you can plunk down $10 right now to make sure that you get the 104-page long softcover published RPG by Marvel. So so the uh, I don't know if there's been an update or not, but I see 2023 when Uh-oh. I look at this. No, that's the full one is in 23. So the the uh, Okay, what's the difference? Uh you get the playtest rules. The playtest rules are available. Oh, the playtest rules will be released. Uh-huh. Wait, 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 wait. The March. Play t- 
Okay, yes. this is play goofy. test rules. So, you put it. You make a new role playing game. Let's say you're uh, Wizards of the Coast, and you're going to do D and D next, which became Fifth Edition. You put out yeah. the rules and let everybody beat them up for a year and listen to all their complaints. Then you do another version before you put out the hardcover. So oh, you, you really can, like a solid year? Yeah. Of oh yeah. Play testing. Oh yes. Yes. I guess my question is, why are they announcing almost a year? Well, I guess seven I months know. before that we're going to announce that we're going to have place tests for. Oh, oh they're just trying to beat build hype. That's yeah, all. and that's kind of the joke here is all that right, they yeah. you can go on Amazon right now for nine ninety nine, plunk down ten dollars for non final rules. For the Marvel multiverse role-playing game, sounds like somebody's trying to figure out how to continue the funding to actually finish the the. the yeah, well, the it's thing. you know, it's the yeah, Marvel is a thing, so I mean, it's an IP that will draw on cash, and yep. it's they're they're capitalizing on the multiverse. You could and that what allows you to do the multiverse thing, allows you to play Spider-Man or Captain America or Captain Marvel or Wolverine. Right, I remember that. Yeah, or make up your own character. So that's kind of kind of great um so i'm i'm interested to see what they do this has been one of the only rpg new rpgs that i've been halfway interested excited about it seems weird to drop ten ten dollars to pre-order a hundred page soft cover a year in advance but people do dumber stuff on kickstarter every day yeah so I, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting i th- part of me I, I like i love multiverse stuff but part of me also sees multiverse as a cop out of lore Oh yeah, of telling good big lore, big time, mm. big time. But you know that's the beauty of an RPG. You can kind of, yep. you can mix up. Look, you you don't have to go by the recipe in the book. You you know make your own make your own dish. Add your own spices. Take things there out of go. the recipe. Add things you want. Cool. I got lots of news yet. Another set of big names have joined the D and D live event, July sixteenth and seventeenth. And what are the odds that you will have downloaded the show before July sixteenth and seventeenth? Sorry, sorry, Justin. I'm scaring you. I apologize. You know what? It no. Sorry, it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's after. not gonna. It's gonna be a week. So. <laughs> I know. So. So uh, there's so another try show to, in the can that we haven't put out. So I'm. I'm just. So so try to find the replay of this, folks. That's all right. <laughs> find the replay. So Pat Oswalt, Ratatouille from Ratatouille, Marvel's Modak, and the upcoming Sandman live action series will join his fellow cast members from the comedy AP Bio. Cast members Nick Piney, Marisa Barham, Alyssa Snyder, and Jacob Houston with DM B. Dave Walters. So that's one of the big sessions that'll probably be kind of Patton Oswalt-centered. All those other actors are from the NBC Peacock show AP Bio. That's one of their comedies that they put out to mm. get people. That's one of their... New content shows they're putting out to get people to to, to buy into Peacock. Uh, this joins previously announced previously announced events featuring Jack Black, Reggie Watts, Lauren Lapkus, Kevin Smith, and Jason Mewes, and the WWE wrestling group of Xavier Woods, Ember Moon, Mace, and Tyler Breeze. The event will stream live on the Peacock app. NBC's premium streaming service and the Twitch and YouTube channels of D&D and G4TV. So, a lot of D&D through mainstream forms of communication. So, if you're a peacock person and want to watch some D&D played by celebrities, you got it. Go nuts. Go nuts. It's there for you. 
It's there for you. Okay, we're getting into convention news. Mm -hmm. Gen Con has released an update stating that masks will not be required at any events for the convention. Those wishing to attend without masks must prevent a vaccination card or medical documentation stating with an exemption from their vaccination or wearing a mask at a health check-in booth. Those who do so will receive a wristband allowing them to attend events or access the exhibit hall without a mask. Those who, oh, here it comes. Those who do not yep. receive a wristband will be required to wear a mask indoors. Gen Con is also backing away from the previously stated timed entry for the exhibit hall, a measure intended to reduce crowding at the opening of the event. Guys, guys, what do you th- now? I'm like, oh, we're not going to Gen Con this year. <laughs> so I wonder if they did this because um, they're down on numbers. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. and CDC guidance. Come on. I mean, they can't. Yeah. In, everybody would be throwing them under the bus if the CDC was not rolling back and the state of Indiana was not rolling back mask requirements. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, but I think that, you know, first of all, can we talk about the fact that you're identifying people that are vaccinated or not vaccinated by yep, wristbands. By <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Anyone else getting warning flags or from yeah. this? Yeah. That that uh, that is definitely no one's an making issue. no one's making you go to a game convention. Agreed. 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 It's all so I'm just opt-in. saying. I'm just saying. You know, are we like is is this understand this is optional, but you know. Things usually don't start in extremes. They slowly mm-hmm. work their ways into our societies. Look, look I, and and <laughs> listen, our uh, oh, great. You guys are getting me started here. Okay, so so all I our, had to do was just our, I know <laughs> I know just a little nudge, just a little nudge is all I needed. Listen, our society has a problem of giving censorship to big business now. Okay. And it starts with like big business and conventions and things like this. It's and so therefore it's legal because it's not the government doing it, you know. Like it's and, and again, Dan, you pointed out right. Like you, no one's forcing you to go to this health convention or health yeah. convention, this game convention. It's true, <laughs> it's true. But there still is a, a weird slippery slope here with allowing a business entity to um, require like uh, allow them to require um, health. Uh, checking your medical records so you know no one's requiring you to carry a device around with a microphone and a camera that listens to everything you say espe- mm-hmm. or or uh you know a device that you the shape of a hockey puck that you leave in your house that you talk to and it orders stuff over the internet with your voice mm-hmm. nobody's forcing you to do any of that stuff this is all yep. If, if, if it's no, it, not yet, but what happens when a grocery store says, well, hey, this business did it. Why can't I do yeah, it? For right. My right. But, but think about yep. it. Right. 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 But you're I'm kind of piling on Justin's point is that okay. we don't want the government <laughs> to do that. But we seem to be super OK with right. well, Apple yeah, and Google well, no. and everybody yep. and Facebook yep. and everybody who's lojacked us. Mm-hmm. And uh, look. I mean, there was a big Supreme Court case in Florida about cruise ships um, asking for vaccination status. And yeah. Florida said, absolutely not. You can't do that. That's an invasion of health privacy. And so I think if Gen Con were in Florida, we would it would be illegal. Yeah. Well, have you been on a cruise ship? It's actually kind of a feature. <laughs> 
would be like, here's my card, everybody. Where's your card? Here, can I see your card? Hey. There's a lot of hand washing before COVID on cruise ships. A lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Look, look. I, 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 my, my point again. My point was is that yeah. um, we are, um, we our society is at a point where we have outsourced censorship and these types of things to big businesses um, rather than the government doing it. And I don't know how comfortable I am with that because it, it's growing. It's growing. Well, you know, it's also and I understand, you know, that. I am not stating an opinion on masks with COVID on this, but I just want to, <laughs> I'm stating an opinion because my family, you know, I, we have, uh, we have immunocompromised people in my family. Yeah. So we were very, we took a lot of it very seriously, but the fact that you are giving the business the ability to label someone based off of their health care mm-hmm. so that now the populace that they will be around that participate in this business's um, uh, services will have, something on them that labels them uh, in the eyes of the other people that they're with based on their medical history. Yeah. It, oh, just, it just sounds like such a dangerous person. Oh, man. It, it, it that's is. a very good point. That's a very good point because now you can be like, you know, oh, that person's vaccinated and they're not wearing a mask. That's okay. Oh, where's that person's wristband? Mask, 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 mask. You know, and, um, you know, it's one thing to ask for the vaccination, proof of vaccination before you go and you show it to them and say, okay, thanks for joining us today. But it's another thing to put a wristband on them, right. you know, so that everybody can see it. Yeah, you got to control yeah. that crowd somehow. Look, I'm a big fan of hygiene at Gen Con. Gen Con <laughs> needs hygiene. Okay, it may be unacceptable to wear a wristband at Target or the grocery store, but at gross Gen Con, where I always get sick, wristbanded up. That's that's my opinion. I hope they still have this when I go next year. I'm going to say it out loud. I hope they still have it. Because I'll be in favor of it. Because people get gross at Gen Con. I'm sorry to to be hater on gamers, but that happens. They wouldn't have the reputation it has if the look. Man, the restrooms. Come on, come on. <laughs> There's a smell. Oh, okay. We're gonna go on to a new news item about another <laughs> convention, Board Game Geek. We don't talk enough about Board Game Geek, but they're a real center of gravity when it comes to the board game universe. We talk yeah. about RPGs. They announced that they're moving forward with plans for BGGCon 2021 this November. So if you want a board game convention in the in the late fall, you got it. Their theme this year is Road Trip. It will be held in the Hyatt Regency Dallas, November 17th to the 21st. I like Hyatt's for game conventions. They seem to be real real gamer friendly. Um, Kublacon for many years in the San Francisco area was held at, at a large Hyatt. I liked it Nova. A lot. Nova Open. Was Nova Open. It. See, I, th- I think they're they're gamer they're gamer cool. They play. They have a lot of really great big ballroom areas that can be sectioned off and high ceilings and, and listen, high ceilings for a gaming convention is so clutch. <laughs> yeah, clutch. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. I mean the heat and the smell. Like <laughs> we just talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh just yeah. Let it all wafer up there. Let it let, let mm-hmm. a lot of air intake come up. Okay. So they plan for a smaller convention allowing for social distancing, reduced meeting room capacity, and staggered entry into their exhibit hall and library. BGG may require attendees to fill out a waiver and or ask 
you at registration if you've been vaccinated or tested negative for COVID, COVID in the previous seven days. They may also require masks when moving around or in designated mask required gaming space for those who, f who feel more comfortable there. As conditions improve, they may require none of that. Uh, a lot can and will happen over the next five months. They currently have around 1,700 badges carried over from 2020. In a couple of weeks, they'll open up registration to around 2,500. If conditions continue to improve through the summer, they anticipate opening another 1,000 badges um, on August 16th. Um, and let me just say for Board Game Geek, that's a pretty nice size convention. They certainly know what the heck they're doing. I um, Sometimes when I go to Gen Con, I'm kind of of two minds of I want to play RPGs, I want to play board games, I want to play competitive games, three different things at one convention. It's hard to pick what you want to do. I like the idea of going to a convention that's about gaming that eliminates some of those choices. Just like at like, you know, Nova Open where there's no RPGs, right? There's certain kinds of right. gaming that you, you gaming activities you can do. Mhm. Mm um, last piece of news, short one. On July 9th, Wizards, Wizards of the Coast played a live stream marathon of the classic 1980s Dungeons & Dragons cartoon on the D&D Twitch channel, and they went through all 27 episodes of the cartoon series that originally ran from 1983 to 1985. Wow. And, so viewership must have dropped significantly during that time, huh? Well, you know they're they're, they're 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 going old school, right? They're going old school with the old. Uh, I remember watching those back in the day, thinking like, "This is some weird stuff." Yeah, you had to really like D and D to get it to get everything out of it that you. It's uh, it had problems. I'm not sure many of the writers actually played D and D. Quite frankly, that was kind of part of the problem. Yeah, it just had a very wizard focus feel. So yeah. so that reminds me, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for you, Dan. Not really. Um, in the movie Black Widow. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you this, right? I'm going to tell you this because it's, it made me laugh. They see fireflies, right? And um, first off, it's like four in the afternoon and these fireflies are blinking, right? <laughs> and, and they call them lantern bugs. Have you ever heard that for fireflies? Mm -hmm. Nope. Mm -hmm. You have, Jason? Yep. yep. I have never heard of lantern bugs in my life. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, so they're talking about it. And it, they're, like, blinking. They're, like, at weird places. And it's, like, way too light out there for fireflies. Like, way too light. And I leaned to my wife. I'm like, I feel like somebody wrote about fireflies in here. And I've never, ever seen them before. <laughs> like, they've read about them in a book. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just made me laugh. because I'm like, like an just L.A. Doesn't... Hollywood scriptwriter. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, I've lived in L.A. my whole life. And there's got to be fireflies out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, that's the news, and I wish I was Dennis Miller, and I'm out of here. No, I'm well, not out of here. I'm still here. <laughs> I was going to say, well, welcome back, because uh, we're going to move to the main topic right now. Which you are leading. Which you're leading. Oh, man. It's, it's Dan's guide on how to make a fully realized NPC in 10 seconds. 10 hence seconds. The name, hence the name of our podcast, which is Creating NPCs on the Fly. On the Fly. Okay. So if you're the type of GM... Who has players that get off the rails? That would be all GMs and DMs, right? You have found yourself with players that have decided to turn the wheel 90 degrees. And before you know it, you're building out story. You're building a railroad track out in front of them as they as they go through, right? Um, not that anybody should be on the rails, but that's what it feels like. 
<clears throat> and sometimes to have a more seamless, uh, you know, game, um, it, I've put a lot of tools in my toolkit to make NPCs interesting um, on the fly. Um, and uh, a lot of these I've talked about in the past. So I'm going to tell you about all the different tools that I've acquired, and then we're just going to make some random NPCs in 10 seconds and, and talk about how who they are and why they are what they are, right? Let's awesome. So um, the first thing, my one of my most favorite um, tools is the 14-sided die, which is seven vices and seven virtues. Now, this is made by... Coplow Games, K-O-P-L-O-W, and their website is terrible, um, and you can't really <laughs> buy anything from them, but you can find <laughs> this die on, nice. on, on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, Coplow Games always shows up to Gen Con and has like an amazing booth, and every year I would just That's go true. and pick yeah. stuff up. Um, they mainly sell dice to... Um, like the learning store and stuff like that, but the learning stores don't always carry their gamer lines, right? Oh, that's right. These guys sell the loaded dice. They sell loaded dice. They, if you go on their website, you can basically they just have like JPEGs of their catalog <laughs> as their websites. So yeah. Um, but you'll find that the Virtue Vice dice is on there. You'll find that you can do a search on Amazon for Virtue Vice, Virtue and Vice dice. 14-sided, it'll come up. It's a five, six, seven, eight dollar dice. It's pretty big, uh, but I use the heck out of this. Um, so, just for your, uh, what, what do you, what do you guys want to hear? The virtues or the vices? Vice, of course. Vices. Okay, sloth. I say virtue, but fine, whatever. Sloth. Vice is interesting. Sloth, pride, envy, gluttony, lust. This die is so weighted for lust. I can't tell you how many times lust has come up. Every time I roll lust, I rewrite it, re-roll it. Anger, greed, and those are the seven vices. Dead. Those are seven deadly seven sins, deadly my sins. friend. Exactly. Yep. Then we got fortitude for uh, virtues. Fortitude, justice, temperance, prudence, faith, hope, charity. And love. Uh, no, no love. And long, no, there's and no long love suffering. on there. There's no love on there. Just fortitude. Long suffering. Long suffering. So meekness, yeah, kindness, yeah. gentleness. We're not <laughs> right. quoting scripture. We're not a religious podcast. So okay. this I don't know. More than three quarters of that dice is straight out of scripture. Uh, well, this is more <laughs> out of scripture. The other dice that is not as useful from Coplow Games, but I do use it. It's the Ten Commandments on a die. <laughs> that's and awesome. you may think, well, that's kind of stupid. Which one am I going to break today? Right. You can you can roll this. You can roll these two die together and get an idea of what murder. Kind, oh, okay. What kind of virtues and vices does this character have, and what kind of rules does this person care about or struggle with? Covet thy neighbor's wife. What is happening I'll, here? You know, I roll these two together right now. I got charity, and have no other god. So this person could be the type of person who. Um, you know, they they put spiritual things first in their life, and they're giving. They give. They give. The, like okay, there's there's something to work with here. Now remember, your players have just walked off the rails. You're off. They've walked off the page. You know, they're in the Donald Duck mm-hmm. cartoon where they've walked. The scenery is gone, and they're in the white area. And so you've got to mm-hmm. you've got to compile this stuff. So I use that dice. I also use a mood die. I have a six-sided mood die, and it's okay. It's different, like, emotional states. There's a frowny face. There's a surprised face. 
Um, on Amazon right now, there's a if you look for a motion dice, you'll get for five dollars sixty cents, you'll get a weather die, uh, like a ten-sided weather die, a twelve-sided emotion die, and an eight-sided north, south, east, west die, which is a pretty decent deal. Um, and you get more emotions. Is that all together? All together for five 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 bucks sixty cents. I'm not a shill. Hey. The name of this company is Bestcon. B E S. C O N and uh, they seem uh, I I would order them if I didn't already have something like it. Okay, so those are the only dice that I roll, so that I can get an idea of a virtue and a vice. I can get an idea of what what kind of rules the person struggles with, and I can get, if I need it, a sense of their current emotional state. Now the next tool that I use in my toolkit we've talked about was the lore smith stuff. I use the dungeon mm-hmm. discoveries deck. Now, the Storyhooks deck, they have one for sci-fi. They also have one for fantasy. If you pull a Storyhooks card, guess what? You get two types of people, right? You can get two two types of characters. Like, for instance, I pulled the top one here. Um, one is, you know, uh, a neural hacker, and the other one's is a weapon. The other one is a weapon smuggler, right? You can just get an idea of what kind of career that person has. Nice. Okay. So I can get an idea of what they do, um, what what their virtues are, how their how their moral compass is set, how they're feeling. And now with this other thing that I talked about, um, the, I'm changing gears here. I got another deck um, from yourlogicalfallacyis.com. And it has a deck of 20... Uh, for cognitive biases and 24 logical fallacies. Okay. And I bought this deck and then they gave me a bunch of really high quality PDFs for other posters and stuff that they have. So they, they, they gave me more stuff than I thought I was going to get. So it's two decks in one logical fallacies and cognitive biases. So now I can get an idea of their, their, the way they think because everybody has cognitive biases and almost everyone thinks with logical fallacies, right? So now I can 100%. Say again? 100%. 100%. So I've accumulated this set of tools and I can pull three cards and roll three dice and suddenly have a, an interesting NPC that didn't exist before I did that, did that thing, all right? So and I and, and go to us and sometimes you need a uh, a name generator. Um, I like there's different gener- name generators out there that are good and bad. Sometimes I go to fantasynamegenerators.com. They've got some futuristic names and they're they're okay too. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you don't. I Saul. <laughs> yeah, which you don't want to look at, at. You know, you don't want to be the GM who looks at the wall and says petunia because there was a flower on the wall you know you, yeah. sometimes you just need something and another thing i do is uh there's uh there was a site that allowed me to download like 100 star wars names and i keep that list in front of me and i can create npcs i can just pull a name and if you're really smooth about how you do this sometimes your players don't even know characters that you've pre-made and characters that you're making up on the fly yeah i was gonna say uh, i struggle a lot with uh names on the fly yeah. Jason may have noticed this. Yeah. I come up with a lot of Freds. A lot of Freds. <laughs> right. All I got to do is say something in French because you speak That's right. French. And, yeah. Jean-Pierre. 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 Jean-Luc. Jean-Jean. 
<laughs> Jean Mark. Jean in the front. Jean Fred. <laughs> Jean Nicolas. <laughs> Jean Fred. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jean George. All right. So let's make let's make an NPC. Okay. Right now. Ten sec. Ten seconds or less. All right. I'm All right. So rolling. wait. Are we are we each I, doing it? And no. Then we gotta kind of like. I'm roll. I'm doing it for the group. Okay. Okay. Um. And feel free to uh, re-roll anything. If you don't like it, re-roll it, right? What'd you get? What'd you get? Okay. So. I don't like it. Re-roll. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, on the virtue. I'm not feeling good about this. This this character has the vice of pride. Mm -hmm. And on the Ten Commandments die, I got don't perjure yourself. So this person could be very anti-lying or pro-lying or could be struggling with, with telling fibs. And on the emotion dice, I got a smiley face. The person's in, in a good mood. They're pride. They've got a lot of pride, and they're in a good mood about it. Um, uh, so let's look at uh, the next deck that I used. I've got an android torturer or a famous singer. Uh, let's go with the famous singer. I think that yeah, fits famous with the famous pride. singer, right? You got the yep. pride. They, a diva, they, they basically sing. now, right? Um, maybe, maybe because of their fame, they worry about exaggerating themselves, right? So that that could link into there. All right. So, what is the logical fallacy they're walking around with? Personal incredulity, incredulity. saying that because one finds something difficult to understand that it's therefore not true. Let me say that again. Saying that because one finds something difficult to understand that it's therefore not true. <laughs> There's no way they're not the best singer ever. Yeah. Right. It, it's too hard to understand. Exactly. Kirk drew a picture of a fish and a human with effusive disdain, uh, asked Richard if he really thought we were stupid enough to believe that a fish somehow turned into a human through just like random things happening over time right hmm. so this totally keys into the pride thing right mm-hmm. so the logical fallacy is is and this is just random i totally just pulled this that's totally reinforcing and their cognitive bias is the halo effect mm-hmm. how much you like someone or how attractive they are influences your other judgments of them oh, oh these good <sighs> Yeah, they totally think that they're they're attractive. Yep. There's no way no one could not like them. Yeah, right. This is yeah. yep. This is a we've just totally rounded out a sci-fi celebrity, and it's not even sci-fi. Yep. So I'll, I can pull a name off a list, something that goes with this. Okay, I'm gonna go th- with the name Adar. Why not? Okay, so th- the PCs just ran into Adar. Adar is a famous singer. Adar is in a great mm-hmm. mood. Now I know how to play Adar, and I know how Adar thinks. And, and and now I know how Adar is going to think of the PCs if they're like grungy and holding blasters or whatever. There'll be a yeah. level of in, personal incredul, incredulity. Yeah, like there's no way that these guys could do what they're saying they're going to do. Right. Yeah. You know, But you get a good-looking face to go talk to them. All of a sudden, it's opening up doors. Yeah. And remember, I can do all this stuff in any order I want. Right. There's mm-hmm. no and, and if I had something that I figured was an opposite of other things, I would just switch it out. Who cares? Right? Yeah. Alright, should we do another one? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Adar was pretty good. Alright. On the vice dice, I have anger. Okay. Okay. And I didn't like the emotion dice because it was a happy face. It didn't go with it. Um uh and uh I re rolled it and got confusion maybe i'll okay. keep that maybe i won't 
Um, I like the, that the, one. The, the, the sin was do not commit adultery. Mm. So there's a thing about betrayal wow. there. This this yeah. person gets angry and is worried about personal betrayal. It doesn't may not be the sex of adultery. Right, right. But right. it could be about betrayal. Betrayal. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this time And I'm confusion gonna... confusion could be that um he is paranoid about things, right? Like the confusion could be that like that um Yeah. He just doesn't understand like everything that's going on and so he gets paranoid about it, angry about and then it. Angry. Feels like yes. he's being betrayed. Yes. Right? Okay, now I'm gonna. This time I'm gonna pull the fallacies and the cognitive bias, and then we'll figure out what the kind of profession is. All right, the cognitive bias is the backfire effect. When your core beliefs are challenged, it can cause you to believe even more strongly. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the anger component, we've got the betrayal component. That all fits together really well, mm-hmm. and this is even fits it even better. The fallacy is slippery slope, asserting that if we allow A oh, to yeah. happen, then Z consequently will happen too. Therefore, A should not happen. So this person gets mm-hmm. angry because people go down the road of betrayal and they're confused that people will not be more um, uh, uh, loyal than they should be. So that's pretty right. sweet. And and if they're off doing – I listen, I've seen this in real life too, right? If I can't see what they're doing – they must be doing something bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And if they're right. doing something bad, it's betraying me. Right. right. There's a slippery slope right there. If yep. I can't see what they're doing, they're doing something bad. And if they're doing something bad, it's going to betray me. Yeah. No more girls out, Annie. Yeah. No more girls night out. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm protecting you. Wrong, right? I'm protecting slippery you. Slope. Yep. Yep. It goes exactly. right along with the backfire effect. It, and, and as soon as this character's core beliefs are challenged, they're going to get angry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's pull some some possible professions. I've got a government agent and a grease monkey. Oh, I was I literally right before you said this, I was like, this guy's got to be a mechanic or something. Okay. Yeah. Somebody who's maybe blue collar. Yep. Somebody. It's the uh, this fits the mechanic from Great Gatsby, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It would. Yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah, I yeah. never read Great Gatsby. It's, it's, it's a classic of, of eighth grade I know. that you missed. So. I know. Um, I was too busy reading Brave New World. That? I don't know what I was reading in eighth grade. I, so, uh, so we were doing the Shakespeare. One with the pigs. Yeah, the, okay. the mo- both of the movies are good enough to skip the reading of it. Yeah. I just want to see Leo raise a, raise a toast to me. I know. He's so handsome. Okay, so I picked I picked a name. I've got a list of ten sci-fi names. I'm gonna pick Orlan. I like Orlan as a grease monkey type guy. Hey, mm-hmm. Orlan's gonna help you fix up your ship. No, these, these characters yeah, didn't like exist. All right. These characters didn't no. exist, and now we have a story around, or at least when the PCs encounter that character, I know how, I, I I know what to do. Okay, so yep. this is this is this is really cool. However, however, this seems to be an NPC in 60 seconds or less. Let's see if we can do the next one in actually 10 well, seconds or less. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, when you're GMing, you don't have to explain everything. Yeah. So yeah. so just roll it real quick. Yep. Roll it real quick. Roll it, pull the cards, everything, put them in front of you. Okay. All right. And just call it what it is. Okay. Yeah. No explanation. Here we just go. Call it. All right. The their their virtue is charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they don't believe in 
an idols that translates into they're not material. They don't mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of material things. I got a frowny face for their emotional state. They're downtrodden. Um, mm-hmm. They're um, uh, the cognitive bias is the Drenning Kruger effect. The more you know, the less confident you're likely to be. So that could be something that's fueling that unhappiness. They're not confident. And for their fallacy, composition, division, assuming that what's true about one part of something has to be applied to all or other parts of it. So the way that character thinks is like, okay, they, they kind of round up too much. Well, you know, uh, Greedo was a bounty hunter. All Rodians are bounty hunters. Type mm. thing. Yep. Yeah, yep. And yep. now I'm picking, uh, and it could be an android hunter or a collector. Um, a collector with charity that's not materialistic. That doesn't feel right. Android hunter doesn't feel right. I'm going to pull another card. And this time I came up with a minuscule alien or a scam artist. So between minuscule. those four, See, I, I'm going to be honest. I disagree about the um, collector. I think the collector could have worked. You think the collector could have worked? You're probably right. It could have been a. It could have been a museum curator. A curator, right? This belongs right. in a museum. Yep, yep. And so they could have been charitable about like wanting to share it with other people. You know what I mean? So yep. you could. Uh, now a private collector, absolutely not. But like a museum yeah, curator, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you could have gone with that. I was thinking of the the collector who's a main character in Man in the High Castle when you when I saw a collector, but I definitely see your. So your point there that totally works. So I got a name. I'm going to pick uh, Andrette as the name, and my PCs just ran into Andrette, and they're they're looking for they're 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 looking for somebody, and now I know what Andrette is thinking about, cares about, and and how will and how will Andrette re- react to the situation. So here's an interesting thing. What if Andrette? Right, like so, Andrette um, is not materialistic, um, mm-hmm. but very charitable, mm-hmm. right? And the more that Andrette is Andrette male or female? Um, we're gonna go male, not because I'm male biased, just because I'm. It's just easier. Okay. So he, the more that he knows, the less confident he is, right? Which I think is contributing to his sadness. Yeah. So what if he's realizing that the things that he has been collecting, right? Yeah is um has all been done through illicit means through you know nefarious ways people are getting hurt and all of that so the more that he learns about his like where these things are coming from like the sadder he is yeah right yeah so and and he's thinking that anyone who goes out to find these things are engaging in nefarious crimes Mm -hmm. there you go so you when your PC goes up to say like, "Hey, we need to find this artifact," they're gonna naturally jump to conclusion that you know you you may be up to nefarious things, and it's just making you making him sad about it because he doesn't want people to get hurt. Right, and now Small. now you have a dramatic scene that you yep. can start role playing um, with a point of you get a point of view, and that's that's what's really hard because if every character that I create is just off, just like me copy and pasting my brain into them for that minute they're just always dealing with me and that's mm-hmm. boring I, i'm kind of i don't want them to deal with me i want them to run into andrette you know the, the charitable but but downtrodden um person who uh makes too many general generalizations about things mm-hmm. so 10 seconds now does it take time and money to uh, accumulate these tools of the trade yeah it does you kind of accumulate it but i got a lot done just by rolling the 
in the old days, I would just roll the Virtue Vice dice, and, and that would usually give me enough. These other tools, you know, give me just just they just add more they're just more more strings well, they're just more strings i can play on the instrument basically well and the fact is the fact is this is that you can create your own of these if you want to yeah i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and and i've seen tables of these types of things out there that you could buy like you know a bunch of tables for like a dollar that's on a pdf or something like that if you don't want to create your own yeah but like you could you could literally rewind this podcast and listen to the virtues and vices that dan listed and just do one through fourteen, yep. and roll a dice, and see which one you get. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um, it's it's definitely like you can create your own on the. Yeah, you can make your, your own, own tables. You can you know, and if you just think through, like what kinds of people are out there, like what kinds of things make people tick, you can come up with your own tables pretty easily. Yeah. So. Um, it's not difficult. I think, I think like the cards, like, you know, the profession cards, I mean, that's a, that's an easy table to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That's or to download table. for a dollar on drive through RPG or download mm-hmm. for pay what you want, which is code for zero if you must. Right. Yep. Yeah. No, so, uh, it, it, all these are just like writing prompts, you know, when you were in like mm-hmm. in English class as a you know, in high school, your your English teacher would say, "Here's the writing prompt for your journal for today." That's what I was doing in eighth grade yeah. instead of reading. Instead of reading, uh, get great gaspy. <laughs> so, but but the funny thing is, is you would be surprised how much people, how much your players, if you're willing, and if you are ex 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 extranania. Oh my ah, bubble ex. Extrapolating. <laughs> sorry, extraneous. extemporaneous enough. If uh. you can create characters extemporaneously, how quickly your players will respond to them. And what this does is allows them to be more different and unique from each other. Because and they've, they've all said, run into my same lady with yeah. this voice, you know. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, they've already they've <laughs> l- ran into Linda Richmond. Let's talk about dogs, daughters in New York. They're tired of that. They need something else. And I need yeah. something else to think about. And, uh, I mean, the fact is, is if you've got a well-prepared, I mean, seemingly well-prepared uh, NPC, as you mentioned before, the players think, oh, this is part of the adventure, not just some random side thing that just happened. Right. Like, this is the plan. And then, Whoa, then they go. then they feel like they're winning. They go, uh-huh. oh, okay, we're doing the right thing. We're in the right place at the right time. But mm-hmm. th- this is detailed, and um, you can create NPCs that your characters love and want to check in with later, if you, if you yeah. think about it. And frankly, as a GM, you're creating a universe of trillions of people. Um, yep. So you better have at least... Now, the one way you get around it is buy a source book that has lots of characters in it. That's fine, too. That works pretty well. Um, but sometimes when you've been doing this as long as I have, you just plumb run out of ideas. Yeah. And that's where Orland comes from, which was, I'm out of ideas. Oh, okay, there's a mechanic named Orland. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I got something to work with here. Yep. So I, I sh- go ahead. I was just gonna say this: uh, that creating NPCs on the fly is fun, and uh, it adds flavor and character. It's what it what it, I think it's what makes being a GM actually feel like you're playing the game too. Yes. Yeah, for sure. When the the characters create situations that um, are new to you as well when you're playing. Right, and, and sometimes you'll pull something that doesn't fit the story at all, and, it, and it's the wrong vibe. 
And sometimes you'll pull it and you'll be like, oh, this is just... This mm, is it doesn't just, work. Sometimes you pull it and it's amazing. <laughs> so, for instance, my PCs on Friday decided to do a stakeout. And um, there was a, a they were supposed to meet a big bad in a conference room. They were supposed to have a meeting, but they're like... They, they totally saw through my ploy and they're like, no, 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 there's this is an assassination attempt and we're not going for that. So we're going to put a sniper position in the building across the street. Well, what's going on in the building across the street, Dan? And yeah. So I pulled from the location deck. I had research station or Android brothel. So I went with Android brothel. <laughs> nice. And then they had to walk in the door and deal with the madam. Right. And so if I needed yeah. an idea of how the madam was weird or different, I could have used some of this stuff. So that's where Linda Hoffman came out. Again, right? Linda Richmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richmond, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And you. Ha- what can I do for you, boys? What can I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. that's but, but, you know, it, it, if you want to get off the rails, if you want to stop telling your players where the next place to go and who to talk to, Yet you have to develop whatever tools work for you to make it successful. In my you know, it's it's funny too. Um, on the fly, a lot of times I'll try to draw from uh, other media that like I a have. Great movie, you know what I mean? Remember? Yeah. Uh, let's see. We had our party a couple sessions ago. Run into a bunch of um, ceramorphs, which are basically like mind flayers that bonded with gnomes and it ended up a weird thing mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so they're kind of like more normal than the typical mind flayers that want to suck your brains out nice um and so they were trying to wheel and deal with the guys and i um modeled their their talking behavior off of um the bird dudes from the dark crystal oh the skexies the skexies Oh, yeah, awesome. so I was like, yes, yes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. So right, and you can't you know, use the so, every time, right? So you blow your you blown your wad right on Templeton uh-huh. or whatever his name was, Chamberlain, Chamberlain. Yeah. So you know, I mean, uh, like you may have a great background and everything like that, but sometimes mannerisms, like I'm like, okay, well, do I know an angry mechanic from? Um, from uh tv series maybe not an angry mechanic but hey maybe the fonz fits the bill yeah, yeah you know like there's like a kind of a blue collar like tough guy yeah you know what i mean or something like that and so like you could kind of model it off of like behavior and to me that helps a lot too because you're like well what would the fonz do you know right <laughs> in this situation and you can like flavor it with some of those other things that you have as as far as the motivations go. Um, but if if you can just if you can answer yourself like what would they do in this situation, and you're struggling, and you just say okay, well like who who in TV like maybe this is a Homer Simpson style yeah. character who's dumb as a bunch of rocks. Yeah. You know, and the, and the characters are gonna like try and try and try. They think this is the guy to get information from. You know. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, you, never you know, know. Yeah, and they're great. like, oh, I feel like I hit rock bottom. It's like, yet you haven't hit rock bottom yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so, you know, just, uh, I, you know, f- modeling after some of these people. And, and listen, honestly, the Simpsons is probably a treasure trove <laughs> of characters random, that you yeah. can model. Oh, my gosh. I, I just think about her? doing a Mo Mo Sizzlack, you know, like at a at a at a bar. The, you know? the trick is, is that 
it's not about fooling the players. It's about creating the the most rich environment that you can come yeah. up with. And um, and if that's if if that's your best way to do it, which is to reference a character from a show that you love, um, as long as they don't feel like you're just doing impressions, you're fine. Right. Exactly. You, know, you could give Homer Simpson a, 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 an an accent that's not his normal accent. You can go southern yep. or, or when an accent that you can do well and not not trash and they won't right. know they're dealing with in your brain you know what homer simpson would say in that that situation but they've put another another actor another face another situation around it this uh last week's uh, uh session that we had with the D D um saw the return of one of the most beloved npc characters am i right jason mm-hmm. yep the, <laughs> the storekeeper or store shop lady <laughs> now I have a new job in a new town. That's right. Essentially, so her her claim to fame amongst our gaming group is that she just starts telling like the most random stories about like assassinations and things like yeah. that because she used to be one like one like cool. way back in the day, and uh, they're but they're really boring, <laughs> and they go on forever. Yeah, you know, and everybody's just like, I just want to buy some help. Just potions. trolling us. Just yes, exactly. Can I get some rope? You know, I remember once when I had some rope. (laughs) All the time. And so, like, so they're like, oh, yeah, who's this new shopkeeper that moved into this town? They're like, oh, her name is Iris Cree. And I hear this collective, no! (laughs) Well, and and you have to remember that every character is the hero of their own story from Mm. their own perspective, right? So when you run into her... She's the hero of her story. She's sharing things with you. Your 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 PCs are background characters in her in her own narrative. Oh yeah, which, which makes a lot of sense. By the way, it sounds like you've been playing her. Oh, it's it's really funny, really funny. I love it. So, and you know, the backstory is is that basically the people of that previous town voted her off the island. <laughs> They're like, she needs yeah. to go. She go. needs yeah. to go. We can't yeah. do this anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. We're done. Yeah, it was pretty great. So, all right, good times. we made well, it. Well, Dan, to, I appreciate to uh, yeah. an hour and twenty guys. Thank you. For, I'm sorry I talked over you. I apologize, but uh, it's been That's fun. Good. Uh, these are little tools of the trade, t- tricks and tools of the trade. Uh, you, you know, your mileage may vary, and you know, spice to taste. Yeah, definitely. I I think. Any DM who has um, been running a semi-sandbox or even full sandbox style session, right? Uh, And especially if you're running homebrew. Yeah. um, Unless you're running, like, something out of a book that has some pretty hard rails, uh, you're you're going to – the time will come, if it hasn't already, that you're going to need to create an NPC on the fly. Yeah. That you're going to need to know, like, oh, like, because they'll say – I want to go talk to that museum guard. And you're like, I didn't even know there was a museum guard, but okay. <laughs> there is one yeah. now, you know, and you got to come up with, you know, like a little bit about like what they're doing and why they would be doing that. And I remember in our rogue trader games, like we had uh, like bartenders that like, you guys love talking up bartenders and I had to come up with different bartenders. And I, I modeled one off of Sam from cheers. You know, Smart. the guy in that your, your home thing, you know, because I'm sitting here going like, uh, how a bartender, 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 bartender. You know what I mean? Like who who, who would be this? And so, um, you know, if you can come up with things and, and use these tools 
to help you get there because again in the moment um your mind goes super blank super well, blank it, you may have a billion ideas yeah. like beforehand and then if they're like well i want to talk to that guy and you're like uh and all of a sudden like it's really hard to think of a complete robust character in that moment and, and if you it, let's say you're running an adventure out of the book and the adventure assumes you're going to talk to the shopkeeper but the pcs are hell-bent on talking to the bartender yeah it's much better to make up a bartender than it is to say the bartender doesn't want to talk to you and walks away right and that's like yep so this is the improv rule of yes and right mm -hmm. They, mm -hmm. they say, well, if I'm in an infinite universe, I want to go walk over behind that mountain. And you as the DM have to say, yes, and that mountain has, you know, it has a horrible desert or something like that. Or, yeah. or, or these are the people you find on the other side of that mountain. You have to be willing to go there with them. And if, if you're not, if you just say, oh, well, you can't go over there. Everybody's just like, okay, well, are we just running combat scenarios you know, with these characters over a long yep. period of time. And, and, and some people RPG that way and that's okay too. But, um, it's, it's a, just a much more rich experience. The more of the seams that you can erase when the players don't feel the seams and the rails, you know, the seams yep. between scenes and the rails under their feet, everybody's going to walk away a lot more fulfilled and willing to come back again and again. And in some cases buy you a refrigerator. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Hey. <laughs> he's laying it on pretty thick, Jason. Yes, he is. I'm just giving you Since a... we've only gamed with you virtually for the past year and a half, can I buy you a virtual refrigerator? Yes, you certainly can. That would be great. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dan. That was a, a very enlightening topic. Uh, I know personally, um, I realize that I need to get some of these tools or make up some of my own because I, I run uh, with our very veteran gaming group. Uh, there are many scenarios where they decide to go check something out that's part of the um, the video game. You have not qualified to enter this area yet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> portion. And I'm like, oh crap, I gotta kind of come up with something. That's so, right. um, you know, it's good though, like good good time. So, thank you so much for the episode. Thank you everyone for listening. We apologize for the hiatus, but you know, we're gonna get back on track. So, uh, keep us tuned. Share us with your friends and uh, check us out. So, thank you very much. Have a good night, all. See ya. Okay, I love you. Bye bye.